So I know Pastor Chris has been speaking about um, good news, and and I'm a, uh, what I'm gonna, what I want to do tonight, today is to bring some good news, and that's to know that there's hope available. I like the last service of the year. Um, could, could you lower the monitors a little bit, please? I like the last service of the year because it's the end. And at the end, most of us already know if the resolutions of the beginning of the year are done or, or we couldn't make them. And most people, like believers and non-believers, we all, in December, around this like 29th, 30th, we start thinking, maybe before we start thinking on the new year, we make plans, we make resolutions, some of us want to lose weight, and then at the end of the year we're like, well, this year didn't work, we'll see you next one. <laughs> some people want to get closer to God, some people want to get closer to family members, some look for financial um, breakthrough, different things. We all start working towards different things. And that's really important because what's happening is that in our minds, even though the only thing that is changing is the calendar, in our minds, we believe that we have a reset time. It's like new opportunities are, are coming. You know, like on December uh, 31st, at 12, well, at 9.59, the year changed, but it's another day. Like, it changed the calendar, but your life's still the same. Like, the things that you're working through is still the same. But in our minds, we have that new opportunity. Okay, now I want to do things in the way that I've been planning. And then, um, what's happening is that, so we, like, most of us at the beginning of the year, we're, like, full of hope. I hope it's right here. We're like, okay, this is the year that I'm going to do this, and this is the year that I'm going to go after this, and we all do it. Like, regardless if you have a personal relationship with Jesus or not, most of people do it. Like, no one started the year thinking, wow, this is going to be the worst year of my life. Like, we're like, no, no, this is a new year. I'm going after it. But then what's happening is that lives start happening to us, and then circumstances start coming our way. And when circumstances start coming our way, we start replacing things. And sometimes we replace hope. And sometimes we misplace hope. I want to, I want to go a little bit into those, these two things. And I want to bring an awareness that I believe will help us to finish the year strong, even though we're in December 29, but also start the year strong. And I, I believe that if we get a revelation of these two things that we will speak, for this new year, this new year will be different and you will see more success in the resolutions that you have than in previous years. I'm not saying everything we plan doesn't come through. Like, if we actually sit down and see all our blessings, we have more blessings than, than the things that went wrong. But for some reason, at the end of the year, we tend to, to believe, um, well, this thing didn't go as a plan, this, this was this, this was that. But then, if you really sit down, you see how God has been in your life, how good he is. Um, let me explain a little bit about what I mean when I say uh, misplaced hope. But first, I want to give you a definition of what hope is. Do you have a definition of what hope is? Oh, I'm going to read it. Maybe it will appear on the screen. Um, definition of hope, it's, um, 
It's um, having an having an expectation of something good coming or something that you want. Is it is a state of expectancy? There's a difference between expectancy and expectations. Expectancy is when you don't know what's going to come, but you know it's good, and it will bless you. Expectations is when you go after something in that specific. We all do it. The problem comes when we all, when all we do is go after expectations. Expectations are good. Bible says that we need to ask for the things that we want. However, we cannot live out of all those things. Because sometimes we're asking God to bless us in a specific way, lower than the blessing that he has for us. So there's a chance that in God's grace, that thing won't come. Because he will block him from blessing us in a greater way. And then we um, misplace hope when we expect things out of circumstances instead of out of a person of God and the nature of God. Bible said that God is good. Like There's so many verses in the Bible about the goodness of God. I, I just picked one because of the sake of the time. It's Psalm 145.9. It says this, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. That, that verse is saying that God is good to all. He, he is not specifying to his family. He's not specifying to his people. He's saying he's good to all. If he's good to all, he's good. There's no, there's no, um, there's no, um, he's not making a difference. Like sometimes in the, in the Bible, you will find verses that says like, the God is, the Lord is good to his people. The Lord is good to the ones who believe in him. All those things. But on this one, he's saying that he's good to all. So he's talking about the nature of God. So the first thing that we need to make sure is that when we, when we do our resolutions, when we plan things, when we want to have hope for the new things, we need to understand that hope needs to be placed on who God is. If we get the revelation of who God is, like that he's good, I promise you, like there's a very, very high chance that like the, a percentage that we don't have failures in, in, in lives. But the difference is that when we base the goodness of God in we, if we receive what we want or not. Now, I'm going to give you an example. Um, few years ago, in 2014, my mom was battling cancer for three years. And at the end of, at the end of, um, this, at the beginning of December, the doctor said like, hey, the cancer has shrunk, like, I think it was 70%. It was an amazing number. Go, go, uh, back home. We're gonna stop that chemotherapy. And then in, in January, we will continue. You're, you're doing great, all these things. On December 24th, he got really sick. And January 4th, he died. Now, in my personal life, it came to a point that I needed to make a decision. Was I going to believe that God was good, regardless of what happened to my mom, or I was going to believe that he was good sometimes? But the, what the Bible said is that he's good all the time. Now, I was facing something that I, I didn't have an answer for. I, I'm like, well, if you're good, we pray for you. We pray for healing. I go to a church where we believe in physical healing, spiritual healing, all kind of healing. 
And I've seen so many things. Uh, like I have prayed for people with cancer that got healed. Obviously, I understand it's the Holy Spirit, all those things. I'm not talking about that part. I'm talking about that. At that moment, I saw so many miracles in my personal life. But then my mom died from cancer. So I decided to believe that he was good all the time. And, and I want to propose to all of us that we will be in situations every year where we're going to have to believe that God is good. Regardless of what we're seeing our way, we gotta, we're going to have to believe that God is good. Because remember, if you don't believe God is good, that means that you have hope for he not being good. And hope will increase the faith. And I have some news. God moved in people's life because of their faith, not because of their needs. Sometimes in his grace and goodness, he intervened in the needs of man. But what moved God is the faith. Like, are you trusting me? Are you believing him? So when we place the things that we want in circumstances, and there's, those circumstances come in a different way, we start believing that, oh, wow, like, I was wrong, or God didn't help me, all those things. So we start being shaken by those things. But when we place our hope in who God is, and we trust in that no matter what storm we're in, he's still good, our faith is starting increasing. So we have less percentage of being disappointed. One thing is like, when, you know, like talking a little bit about expectancy and expectation, when I, sometimes we start the year with all these lists of expectations. But we start the, the, the list without expectancy. We have a specifics, right? Expectations. But if you don't attach expectancy to them, you think that they, got, they have to go in a specific way. If they don't go in that specific way, you start losing hope. You start losing hope. You start losing hope. And eventually, it's not in every area, obviously, but eventually you start thinking like, man, this is a bad year. Oh, this is a bad thing. So your, your mind goes. At the beginning of the year, we're all excited, full of hope, ready for the new year. Oh, this year has been this. I'm, I see so many posts on, on, on social media. Oh, I'm so ready for 2020. And when I read that post, I'm like, well, that person had a rough year probably. He's ready to change the, change the page. But then, if you go into 2020 with the same attitude and the hope that plays on God, on who he is, uh, at the end of 2020, I will see the same post. Oh, I'm ready for 2021. But if we go with the same expectations, God says that we need to ask for things. But with expectancy, expect, expectancy says this. I want this, but the only way that this won't come is if God has something better for me. You know, because it's based on his goodness. So uh, uh, an exercise that I do throughout the whole year is this. Every time I'm in trouble in here, in my mindsets, and I'm not seeing God acting, I remind myself of who he is. And he's good. No matter what I'm seeing, no matter where I'm at, He's good. Sometimes by just believing that doesn't change my situation, but it changed my attitude towards the situation. And I start see, I start seeing blessings in the middle of the storm. And I'm like, okay, this, this area is so bad, but in this one, I'm doing so well. And I can see his goodness in the middle of the thing. So the circumstances that they're not according to what I want, they're not overwhelming me. 
because I'm seeing his goodness. So it's easier. At the end of the year, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, man, this year was so good. I still haven't seen breakthrough in these areas, but it was so good. I was so blessed. I had the opportunity to speak in this church on the last service. For me, that's a big deal. A big deal. I'm like, okay, God, let's finish strong. Let's, let's finish understanding your goodness, understanding who you are, understanding that no matter what, if I haven't seen breakthrough in these areas, I'm seeing breakthrough in different areas. Like some people, they need a financial breakthrough, but then their kids are blessed. Like they're good students. Some people are battling some kind of health issues, but they have a financial breakthrough. So uh, my, uh, my proposal to you to finish strong is that let's take those areas of our life where God is not good or our vision of things is not good and let's replace them for, for his goodness. God, like in the example with my mom, it came to a point when I said, like, God, I don't understand why you didn't heal her. I don't understand why it didn't happen to her, even though I've seen it with different people. But I know you're good. I know you're good. I know the only way that she didn't get healed, it was because it was better for her to go with you than to stay here. So my perspective changed. I'm going to say something that for some people could sound um, a little bit rough, but my mom was the person that I loved the most, and I didn't cry for her just one time. And you know why? It wasn't because I wasn't sad. I was sad, but I knew that she was better. I, 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 I cannot even imagine, I cannot even imagine how difficult it had to be for her to go through chemotherapy, the pain, like all those things. And then obviously, obviously my desire of a son was like to keep her forever. But then God was so good that he's like, son, don't worry, I'm taking care of her. That, like, the day that my mom died, I was, uh, oh, uh, uh, a detail that I didn't tell you is this. I was doing a school of ministry um, in Bethel Church in California at the time, so I couldn't go to, to Costa Rica. My mom was living in Costa Rica. So I was difficult. Like, you know, like, some, some of us wants to be in the last moment of, of our loved ones with them, and I couldn't go. And I was, I was um, uh, doing FaceTime with my brother. He was there. And, uh, and I was so peaceful. I'm like, like when she died, I told God, like, do you think I did something wrong? Like, I should have gone and prayed for her. And he said, like, awesome. You're doing what you need to be doing. And that gave me so much peace. But I can tell you, in that situation, I was seeing God in his nature, in his goodness. But at the same time, I was living situations like I couldn't see God's goodness. So you know what? I was suffering for things that were not that important. And the thing that I have an excuse to be sad, I wasn't sad. And that changes our perspective. We start a new year basing our faith, our hope on who he is. More Like, look, I'm all for our identity, who we are in God, um, discovering that we're loved, that... You cannot disappoint God. All those things. I even teach classes about those things. But there's a, there's a, this a grace that is being released when you start discovering who He is. There's a, there's a, I don't think I give you that verse and if you can look for it, it's okay. Um, in Exodus uh, 34, 
there's a moment where I just have a question. That's not, that's my time. Okay. And <laughs> in Exodus um, 30, oh, is it 14, 38, if I'm not wrong, I could be wrong. Um, there's a, there's a passage where Moses asked God, he's like, I want to see your face. I'm like, whoa, that's a bold thing. Like, you know, like, now Christ came, he went to the cross, he died, now we have access. This is Old Testament. They don't even have access to the presence of God. And he's like, I want to see your face. And God is like, you cannot see my face because if you see my, my face, you will die. Now we don't die. We have that access. So, but God says this, but I'm going to show you my goodness. And that impressed me so much because out of everything God could have said, he said, I'm going to show you my goodness. So how important is for God that we understand his goodness, that he decided to give Moses to please the desire of his heart with his goodness. He, he, he could have chosen his love. Bible says that God is love. He could have shown uh, Moses anything, but he decided to show him his goodness. And then an amazing thing happens. God says, I'm going to put my hand so I will cover you so you don't get like crushed by my presence. And then all these things happen like, like these, like power start coming around Moses and all these things. But then out of the presence of God, inside the presence of God, and the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will pro proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Again, the, the, uh, this is not a theology class, but this is Old Testament. Now we can see God face to face. Thanks to Jesus. Um, and then, and then on the 22 says, when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand, with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face you must, you must not see. Then on the 34 verse, um, I think it's 14. Let me see. And verse 6 says, And he passed in front of Moses pro proclaiming, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, is slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to the thousands and forgiving weakness, rebellion and sin, yet does not live in guilt and punish. He pun punishes the children and the children for the sin of the parents and the third world. Anyway, and then he continues. Then Moses uh, bowed and he worshiped God. But for me, it's impressive when I read that verse to see how God, he's, he, he sees him, himself. That's, that verse is so amazing because it's a revelation of the way that he see, sees himself. If we get a revelation of the way that he sees himself, we will have a way happier life. Regardless of, of the level of happiness that you are. 
Because there's a there's a an understanding of God goodness and all those things from our perspective, which dic- sometimes are dictated by our circumstances, and there's a different way from His perspective. Um. So I I want to encourage us to to start this year by placing our hope in in His nature. Um. So we're going to do something. I think we're, we're really close to the end. Um, many people, many people ask God, what's, God, what's your will for me? Like, I think it's at some point in our lives, we all have asked that question. And I like the, the verse in first of Thessalonians 5, 16, 18, because he, like, he explained it really easy. Like, God says, what's our, what's his will for us? It says, rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in every circumstance because that's the will of God for you in Jesus Christ. It's so easy. Sometimes we ask for, for God, what's your will? Sometimes I, I love to tell people, stop asking God for things that he already said yes. You know, there's so many people that he already said yes and we ask God for it. <laughs> Let me give you an example. One time I was in a, in a event of my, my work. And there's a person, that, and I feel the the urging of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel with that person. But then, like, you know, like, I start having all the thoughts, like, ah, man, this is a weird thing. And then they will think I'm religious and all those things. So out of my fears, I ask this question to God. Do you think I should share the gospel with him? And he replied right away, like, almost instantly. Why are you asking me something that I already sent you to do? It's like, you know, I'm trying for him to leave me in the dark, like not giving me an answer. Like I'm like, well, you didn't say yes or no, so I have an excuse. And he's like, why are you asking for that? I said that like 2,000 years ago. <clears throat> and the worst thing is that, that I knew it. So I want, I want us to do one more thing. Um, I want to do, to do, well, there's, there's a thing that, that, we like as I was explaining at the beginning, most of us do at the end of the year, and is that we reset our minds, right? It's the end of the year. Oh man, well, some some people say like, I'm so glad this year is over. I'm ready for 2020. Some people are like, Oh, this year was so good to me. I hope the next one is as good as this one or better. Like, regardless of how your year was, most of us we are on, on reset time at the end of the year. December 31st arrived. We celebrate on uh, 12 a.m. We're all excited, balloons fall down, all those things. And we're like, this year is going to be so good. We're ready. We push the reset button at 11.59. It's like almost if all the problems disappear. Like, I'm ready to go. And then, it's, that's very good. It's good. We need to do that. It's necessary to do it. It's necessary to push reset so we recharge on hope. But I discovered with time there's another way together with that one to push reset in the spirit. And that, that way is called repentance. Now, for some years, some people have thought that repentance, you only do it when you do something wrong. Like I remember uh, my dad will raise us in a very performance-oriented way. So if you do good, you get um, rewarded. If you do 
bad, you get punished. So we grow up with that mentality of, oh man, if I do something wrong, I need to repent. However, the Bible calls repent a change of mind, change of direction. And sometimes we need to repent because in some areas of our life, we didn't see the goodness of God. We just were not aware of his goodness. So I I want to invite everyone to stand up. Everyone, like, doesn't matter how good or bad your year was. And we're going to do two things. Um, I love to prophesy. That's one of my favorite things to do. I remember Paul said in the New Testament, I wish all prophesied. And uh, I don't have time to explain this, but there's the gifts in in the Bible. They're they're free for anyone. You can ask God for gifts. Healing, prophecy, all those things. And one of my favorite things to do is to prophesy over people. So what I want to do is to do a short prayer of repentance just to realign our hearts to his view of himself. It's not because we did something wrong or or not. It's just like, God, we want to realign ourselves. But then I don't want to stay too long in there because what I want to do is to prophesy into a new year. To prophesy that this year was gonna, is gonna be even better than the previous one, than this one that we're living. This year we will see more breakthrough that we have seen in our lives yet. That we, that, that if we're battling anything, that His goodness will overwhelm our lives. And our lives will be centering in the person that who He is. So I'm gonna do a short prayer. Um, I, I want you guys to repeat after me. And then I will, I will move to the prophetic part. Then you repeat. Then at the end, I'm going to prophesy over it, over everyone as a whole. And then we will do one more thing. Um, I don't know if you will be comfortable or not with this, but at the end, I will count to three and I want us to scream as loud as you can. There's, I don't know how to explain it. But something happens in the spirit when we scream. And uh, I don't know if it's, it's just a prophetic act, but something will break out of your lives and out of my life. So even if you don't believe too much in this, just, just bear with me. Just do it for my own sake. I don't appreciate you that often. <laughs> and, but I promise you, something will take place in each, each of our lives. So... I'm going to pray, and then please repeat after me. Um, Father, we come to you as as your sons and daughters. And we repent, Lord, for those areas of our lives where we haven't seen you as a good God or as a good father. We realign our mindsets to you, to who you say you are. And we pray, Lord, and we prophesy, Lord, that this coming year will be a year of victory. Will be a year where we'll see financial breakthrough. We will walk in divine health. We will see people getting healed from sickness. We will prophesy. We will see signs and wonders. 
we will be able to bless people beyond our desires. But we pray that we will walk closer to you than ever before. So now I'm going to prophesy over you really quick. Um, I, I, I didn't know, obviously, who's, who, who was coming to English service and who was coming to, to uh, Spanish speaking service. So I asked God to give me a prophetic word. So even though I didn't know who was coming, I know this prophetic word is for, for you guys. So take it. So I see the people in this room walking in this new year in a greater, greater, greater awareness of who God is. Like I see people discovering the, discovering God as a father. People with rough childhoods, I see a lot of inner healing coming your ways. I see people recovering from addictions. Like all kind of addictions. I see breakthrough. Um, um, people that are struggling with pornography. I see people living uh, addictions like uh, alcohol or, or like smoking, either tobacco or, or weed. You will be surprised how many people have struggled with these things. But I see God coming and breaking those things out of the, the lives of people. But then as a whole, I see this service growing. I see more and more people coming. I see younger people and older people being added to this group. I see family members coming to, to the understanding of Jesus and his lordship, but also that he's the savior. I see marriages reconciling. Uh, even the ones that think that there's no hope, I see, um, I see a marriage that, that is being broken and I, I, I'm seeing a specific one like three months ago that being reconciled. Like is is almost if by a miracle they will develop understanding, connection, and love to each other. The last thing that I want to say is that I believe this group of people will walk in a in a greater financial blessing than ever before. I don't care if you're a millionaire or you're struggling right now. I, I'm telling you. Like there's a big financial breakthrough coming to this group of people. So I bless them. Father, I give you thanks for each one of them. I pray that they will walk in divine health. I pray that they will understand who they are in front of you, Lord. That they will do commitments with themselves, but based on who you are, Lord. I pray for grace and favor. I pray for a greater anointing for signs and wonders, Lord. And I give you thanks. I give you thanks. Now you can sit down. I just want to do one more thing. Yes. Well, I, I have a, I'm a very passionate person, even though you don't notice it with this voice. <laughs> and uh, one of my passions is to see people coming to, 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 to an understanding of we're forgiven. Like Jesus already went to a cross. And we're forgiven. And I don't know if there's in this room anyone that has ever given his or her life to Jesus. And uh, I want to tell you something. Um, I, all my life, before I gave my life to Jesus, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 23. And all my life, I didn't do drugs. I didn't do anything like run. And I thought I was a good guy. 
And then I discovered that I needed Jesus in my life. And when I invited Jesus into my life, things start changing. And I discovered how much of him I needed. And I don't know if there's anyone here that haven't invited Jesus into your life. I'm not talking about start going to church. I'm not talking about um, changing our religion. I'm not talking about any of those things. I'm talking about just having a personal relationship with Jesus. And I understand that we all have failed God in some point in our life. But when we come to the understanding, we speak healing over that lady right now in Jesus' name. Any kind of sickness got to live right now. We come to an understanding of God did it for us already. And we can walk in freedom in the blessings of God for free. For free. There's nothing we can do to add to that. But there's, it's a gift. We need to receive it. One of the ways that the church use it to, to, to acknowledge this, we do a prayer. There's no magic in the prayer. It's an attitude of the heart. It's an understanding of the mind, of the heart. You need to understand that he went to a cross and he died for all of us and he paid for our sins. So I don't know if there's anyone that haven't done a prayer inviting Jesus into your life. But if there's anyone right here that haven't done this, could you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Could you stand, please? And you too, please. <clears throat> Anyone else that would like to do? What we're going to do is a prayer. But as I said, there's the magic in the prayer. But there's power in the prayer. Because we're going to, with the attitude of the, of the heart, we're going to invite Jesus to live in us. So if everyone can stand, we're going we're gonna to pray with them together. So I'm going to say a short prayer and everyone will repeat after me. And you too. Thank you for being brave and standing. This is very, very important. Uh, so, Father, I give you thanks for the life of Jesus. I give you thanks that he went to our cross and paid for all my sins. Today, I decide to accept him into my heart as a Lord and as a Savior. Father, I want to walk with you. I welcome the Holy Spirit right now in my life. I pray that you baptize me with your love and with your power. Thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.